Hello, and welcome to episode 74 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you are new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who is involved in business. So whether you are in B2B or B2C, and whether you are in the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips, trends, and we leave you with some actionable items to apply or think about. First off, I am Sarah, an account manager here at 21 Handshake. I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex. I'm a creative manager in charge of photo and video content. So if you've followed our last few episodes, you know we are talking about our new digital marketing process, and we are breaking it down into nine action-filled steps. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, here's the quick cliff note version of them. On episode 68, we talked a broad overview of the whole digital marketing solution. So each of the nine steps that when followed leads a business to market authority. In that episode, again, we did that high level overview of each step. So we briefly defined steps one through nine. So that's a great overview if you're wondering what the heck this process even is. Episode 69, we started to deep dive into each step, which the first one being market research. On episode 70, we dove headfirst into brand story and why that is an important part of a brand. And episode 71, we talked about the final foundation step, the website hub, which kind of pulls in all those pieces for market research and brand story and then puts that out in the world on your website. Episode 72, we talked about why your social accounts need to be consistent in both look and voice style. Episode 73, we talked about why good content is key to your marketing efforts. And this week, we are discussing the final step of our, what we call the frame, the total market exposure and how you can take your online presence from passive to proactive. So first, before we dive into all that, I think it bears saying some congratulations that are in order for our 21 Handshake agency owner, Isaac, who has been on the podcast before, and his wife, Lauren. They welcomed a baby girl into their family just recently, very new baby going on over there in their house, and we are super excited to have baby girl Natalie be part of the 21 Handshake team. So that's very exciting. (laughs) We're all very excited for them. Yes, very excited. So um, go check out our Facebook page. We do have some newborn pics there and you can wish Isaac and Lauren a very congratulations. So next up here, we have some brief social media news before we dive into episode into episode 74, we are episode 74, into (laughs) our step of the total market exposure. So Ashley, first off, there's a new social network in town. What is this and what are your thoughts if it will even be a success? (laughs) Um, So there is a new social media platform coming to the industry called WT Social. Um, It is created by the founder of uh, Wikipedia. Um, and their whole like concept is to disrupt the social media industry. Um, he's saying that the current platform or landscape of the industry is based on an, um, like a free platform, which breeds low quality content. Um, he's saying, you know, it's the reason for, um, false news, um, lots of ads, 
it's not a great place for people to spend time. So he's saying um, he has is launching a new social media network. Or I guess it has launched, but a lot of people are on the waiting list to even um, check it out. Um, and he promises for it to be an ad-free space. Um, they promise to never sell your data, um, but it it will not be free. Um, where I say, I guess they're trying to keep it free, but asking similar to Wikipedia, asking for donations. You can either donate, um, this is in pounds, 12 pounds a month or 90 pounds a year in order to fund it. And they're going to try and do that for as long as possible. So really interesting. It says there's a hundred thousand users already on the platform and over a hundred thousands are on the waiting list. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I, I see his perspective, um, but I, I'm curious to see how people embrace it. Well, it sounds like they're using the same, um, the same like business plan layout that that Wikipedia uses, which is a totally free platform. There's no ads on there. They rely entirely on the donations of their users to keep the platform active. Um, and I, the the idea in and of itself is very is interesting. Um, I would love to see something like this work. Uh, I might get on the waiting list as well just yeah. to see what it looks like but <laughs> the landing page for it it's so it's wt.social is is the url for their for the landing page to sign up right now and it's a very very plain page um there's basically just a description and a and a form to sign up um very interesting yeah, yeah i you know i just go back like so is this mainly for the uk and european countries with it saying it's 12 dollars you know, in pounds rather than in U.S. dollars. So is this going to be more popular in Europe? I, You know, that makes me kind of wonder. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Indeed. Yeah. Time will tell on that. And Alex, if you jump on that waiting list, you can perhaps fill us in in the future on if you got in and what it's like. You got it. <laughs> All right. So our next story. Well, okay. Social is back on politicians' agendas now with a mind your own business act. Which I got to say, that's a cute name. So, Alex, <laughs> what is this? So this is uh, social media's platforms are getting uh, into the news because of a certain congressman um, who is trying to be proactive as opposed to reactive. It seems like these platforms are all getting in the news for reactive reasons for, um, you know, the government finding out that these companies are selling data and, and personal information and all that kind of stuff. So what this congressman would like to do, this is Congressman Ron Wyden. I think his name is pronounced. Um, and essentially what he wants to do with the Mind Your Own Business Act is essentially give the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, the authority to not only fine companies who mismanage user data, but also personally punish the leaders of those companies, i.e. Uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg, for violating user privacy and lying about their actions, um, which I think is a, a, a very interesting, but it sounds like a reasonable is not the right the word I'm looking for here. But the problem is, is that uh, even with like the most recent, the the information scandal with Cambridge Analytica, Facebook was fined like five billion dollars uh, for that whole scandal, and it didn't like it didn't do anything. Um, that they were hoping that by setting the precedent of such an enormous fine, that it would in, and it would entice Facebook and, and other companies to, you know, not do that. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately. 
uh, Facebook stock actually increased after the FTC levied that fine, and then the company actually still posted record profits for that quarter after That's paying crazy. a $5 billion fine. Um, so the idea being that if you hold the leaders more accountable, like personally accountable with, with fines themselves and, and, and prison time, that they'll be less likely to to support these types of actions within the company. Um, and that, that I think that fundamentally is the problem. Like these companies get a slap on the wrist, but nobody actually is like personally held accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just money out of the organization's pockets. And these, these companies make so much money that it's like, it, it's, it's just, it's, it is literally just like a pothole to them that they just drive over. Like it's not <laughs> going to stop anything. So yeah. that, uh, they don't think it's, predicted right now that this that this bill won't get through uh until there is another scandal that happens that kind of helps kind of light the fire under this bill's uh but um because right now it it doesn't look promising that it'll get through because there's still subcommittees and stuff that has to go through to get approval and then voting and all that stuff and and since it's not a super active issue like there's no huge scandal going on at this at this very moment Unfortunately, it's projected I won't get through, but that's that's yeah. the long and the short of that. Well, yeah, I guess time will remain to be seen on that. Uh, it always gets a little bit odd with big businesses and politics. And yeah, I always get a little wary about them, about politics, even getting involved in businesses and stuff. But yeah, anyways, another discussion for another day, but we will keep an eye on this as well as try to find an update from, you know, that other social act that was happening a while back. Um, I don't even remember what that was about. That is how quickly things seem to go in and out of social news and, you know, especially if it has to do with politics. So to bring us to today's topic, we we discovered some other interesting um, facts about um, just about advertising and digital ad spend as we head into 2020. And this article was from Marketing Land via a study by eMarketer. And as we head into 2020, it is predicted that Facebook and Google, their duopoly, will continue to dominate. So right now, Facebook makes up about 21% of digital ad spend and Google about 35%. So that's about 56% of total ad spend. The rest is made up of other platforms and Amazon. But Google and Facebook, it is saying predictions by 2020, they will well be over 63% of total ad spend. So we're going to dive a little bit more into ad trends a little bit later in the podcast. But I think these stats are a great way to segue into talking about why we believe taking your content from passive to proactive with digital ads is fundamental to your digital marketing because as we just see here, Facebook and Google are going to continue to dominate that digital ad spend space. And, you know, how can your business be part of that and capture that, you know, online business and online traffic to your website and awareness. So as we kind of dive into this, I first wanted to ask you guys, when we toss around the phrase for this step, total market exposure, it's pretty broad almost in how it sounds, but really what we're talking about is taking a client's content from 
passive to proactive, but how would you guys define that if a client were to come to you and be like, what do you mean by total market exposure? Ashley, what do you think? I think like you mentioned, so total market exposure, the reason we named this step that is it's really taking a lot of the past steps. So defining who your target audience is, how they prefer to be communicated to um, with the content that we've identified as, you know, reaching speaking to that audience and then pushing it out via advertisements on search and social. So you're really exposing your brand to your target market in a very um, like broad fashion. Um, but also like by ut- utilizing the data in step one, um, you can target them more specifically, if that makes sense. Totally. And I, yeah. I would I would mostly echo that. I, I would say this is in in this process so far, everything that we've created has been kind of building up to the point of releasing, you know, all your content to the world. Um, this step is kind of the pay to play step. This is where you put ad dollars behind your content to make sure that the relevant people see it. Um, as we will talk about eventually, um, you know, you will start building your own search engine rankings and, and starting, and you will start ranking higher for things in your industry. Um, but the total market exposure step is a great way to start getting um, your content in front of people right now. Um, the more money you put behind it, the more people you can reach. And I guess that's, that is total market exposure. Yeah, I agree with what you're both saying. And it's just so important. In our last episode, episode 73, we talked about all the different types of content you can create. But again, just like a website, you can get into that mentality. Well, if I built it, I published it, I sent it out there into the world, traffic will come. But there's a lot of content out there. And if no one sees it, was it really worth it to spend the time, money, energy to create it? I would agree that no company is going to think that's a good business tactic. <laughs> totally. And and the analogy that we use sometimes is uh, sort of like you just said, Sarah, is websites are not like a field of dreams. It's, it is not a case of build it and they will come. Right. Um, you need to put your content in front of relevant people so that they come back to it. Because uh, up until this point, you, you haven't really created any roads going back to your website where all of your main information is housed. And this is the way that you kind of like build those bridges to allow people to get there. Yeah. Definitely. You know, you spend all that time creating content that's entertaining, educational, and you want them to find their way back. Exactly. To your web. I'm a lead. You know, that's why we're in business to get new leads and prospects. And digital ads can help that go much further, much faster, and just really bring that traffic back to your site. So we're going to dive into. Um, the two main ad platforms that we work in. And if you're listening, remember, yes, there are other platforms. But for the purpose of this discussion, we're going to limit it to Facebook and Google search ads or PPC as Google, you know, people also say. Um, We run LinkedIn and Instagram ads for our clients. So just so you can know that, but it really does um, come down to we, you know, help our clients understand where their audience is, what their goals are, 
And for the most part, um, we do spend the majority of our ad budget for clients in Facebook or Google PPC. So those are kind of what we're going to concentrate on that. We're going to dive into each platform and then we're going to talk about a few trends that research researchers are predicting ads will look like in 2020, which I think is just great information to think about as you look at your 2020 marketing plan and start to build out those campaigns. So first up, we're going to talk about social Facebook ad campaigns. And Ashley, you have worked quite a bit, bit in the Facebook ads platform. And why do we feel that Facebook ads are a great, great way to bring both awareness and engagement to a brand? Yeah, so we've been using Facebook for quite a while, and it is a little ironic that we started this podcast with um, kind of like bashing Facebook's um, model, but Alex is right, and Facebook um, does have a pretty, like a really good ad platform, and that's why that they have been growing in um, revenue. Um, There are lots of reasons to advertise on Facebook, and a few of them just um, to name that people are obviously spending a lot of time on social media. It's something that has totally consumed our culture and is something that most people can't go a day without looking at, um, let alone an hour. Um, So that's one great reason um, people are spending a lot of time looking at their phones. Well, Um, and just to interject here too, I think the reason that you know our clients or even B2B in general tend to go with Facebook as their social ad platform, either that or like LinkedIn maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Facebook even more so because it's a little, you know, um, more cost effective is because Facebook is starting to skew towards an older audience. Correct. And a lot of B2B, that is who they're trying to reach. You know, I'm sorry, young ones that are listening, um, you know, they are skewing more towards are trying to get their stuff in front of decision makers. And probably those decision makers are a little bit more, you know, older, 30, late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s even. And that's who they're trying to reach. So, um, you know, don't go and start thinking, oh, well, you know, that decision maker, he's not on Facebook or yeah, he, he probably is because you know, everyone has a Facebook account these days. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. It's very true. Um, and yeah. something else I think we've talked a lot about on the podcast, but just to kind of reiterate, um, obviously to support Facebook's business model, the organic reach for businesses is pretty much dead. Like it's not gaining a lot of traction so that you will put ad money into your um, posts. Um, so the algorithm is set up for you to actually push out your posts um, in a paid format. Um, So don't expect to go and post on Facebook and have a bunch of people flock to you. Um, You're most likely not landing in too many people's feeds. So true. Um, And my favorite thing about the Facebook ad platform is their target targeting capabilities. And so this is, I think, is one that you take with a grain of salt, right? Like this is something that maybe some people hate and part of the reason why they feel like Facebook is impeding on their privacy. But um, it's actually been interesting. I've heard a lot of millennials recently and just like people I've been talking to about social media um, cannot imagine social media without the targeted ads and have actually talked positively in that light. Which is interesting because I'm a fan of the targeted ads. Like, I want to see things that I'm interested in, right? I don't want to be targeted for, like, 
something totally irrelevant, then it's just clogging up my feed. Um, but anyway, uh, Facebook has an amazing targeting um, platform, and I know it's getting a little bit complicated with some of the new rules, but um, you can you can get in front of whoever you want to. Um, is basic basically what it lands at. Um, and then, you know, they're working all the time on adding in new conversions. So um, new buttons to click through your website or to land on your landing page or your quote form, um, trying to support your business so you can um, get those new leads. Yeah, the targeting capabilities are amazing. I agree on Facebook. And yes, they're always tweaking the rules or you know, again, it comes back to that privacy you mentioned, but, you know, just the amount of data they have and are collecting, um, you know, gosh, they're collecting data when you're at, as long as you are not signed out of your app, they are collecting data from any other app on your phone, including Google that you are looking at. So it's just hugely relevant to building that target audience in there and just the capabilities that you can reach people. Yeah. Any other reasons to to be on Facebook ad? Um, A few more. So remarketing um, is incredibly powerful by installing the, um, sorry, it's the remarketing code into your website. So basically if... um, the pixel. Um, so it say I go visit a website and then I leave that website and then I'm seeing those ads start to follow me, I think is like how we talk about it. Um, that is remarketing in the works and can be really, really powerful if used um, correctly. So um, that's one feature that I think is very specific to Facebook that makes it such a great um, ad platform. Yeah, another one from this list that I thought was interesting and I, you know, made me think like, oh my goodness, we need to start using that more. Um, you know, a lot of time people, oh, visit back to the website, but in Facebook ads, you can also do a kind of click to call, which if you are trying to capture someone in the moment and they're on their mobile, that's a great capability. Yeah, it is. They're always, getting, they're always adding new innovative ways to get you to click. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we'll dive into kind of those design trends in a little bit, Alex. I know you have some thoughts on those. Um, but again, you know, they're making these ads, like you said, Ashley, more useful to the user. They're more targeted to the user. There's stuff they want to see. And then with a few design elements, you can really make them look like they are just part of your feed, part just natural in the feed and, um, you know, click on that. So anyways, very cool. Um, That's why we're a fan of Facebook ads and they are just, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, they're just going to get bigger over the next year. Even though I know last episode, I think we, you know, mentioned, oh, Facebook is going to start, you know, limiting ads or whatnot, but the ads are still going to be there. (laughs) So the next large platform we work with is PPC ads. That's pay per click ads. So I know we will all agree here, Alex, Ashley, that PPC is not for every client. You need to usually have a bigger budget and what would cost maybe pennies on Facebook is going to cost dollars on Google. And for an ad budget, that can be huge. 
But if you're in the B2B business and you have a product or service that someone is intentionally looking for in search results, then PPC can be very effective. And we just saw that recently with a newer client, didn't we, Ashley, how effective these can be. Oh, yeah. So literally, we threw the ad up and we optimized it. And then, I don't know, a couple days later, they were already getting leads. So they can be so effective. So I'm going to go over a few reasons that PPC works, in our opinion. Um, The top one being that people are searching for products and services on search engines. Biggest reason that people go to a search engine is they are intently looking for a product to buy. They're researching a product. They're, you know... People are intently doing that, whereas social, you're just kind of, you know, you're on there to just see what's new in the world with your friends, with your family. Google, we're not going into Google to see what's new with our friends and family. We're going into Google because, hey, I want to buy a new TV. What's the price? What's the best option? You know, the capabilities. What are the sizes? You know, we are intently looking for something that probably in the end we're going to purchase, make, you know, something like that. So it can drive immediate results for your business. You know, if again, your goal is that you need, you have a product, you have a service, you have a widget, you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, something that people are looking to buy or they need to maybe reach out to your manufacturing company because they need you to spec out um, a perfect piece that you need made or something like that. So it can drive immediate results for your business. And if your ad is optimized in the PPC platform, it gives you the first look. So if you are the winning bidder, if your ad is optimized, if it's checking all the things that Google says, these are best practices, your ad is going to be one of those top, you know, little ads at the page one on Google. Now, I will say again, keywords there are making sure that it's optimized with all the Google best practices, because if it's not, your ad will get shoved to the bottom of page one. It could even get shoved to page two or three, which is not where you want your ad to be if you are spending money. So it can dramatically increase your website traffic as well. And like we just talked about, we want, you know, you want people back to your website because that is going to kind of get them into your conversion kind of funnel and eventually turn them into a lead or prospect. So getting people back to your website, huge reason to do PPC ads. And I love this one. Your PPC ad is not dependent on Google algorithm changes. So Google all the time is tweaking their algorithm. And yes, while we are huge believers in organic traffic being the best traffic, it can, you know, when Google changes something like they are prone to do, it can mess up with your organic ranking. So a Google ad is not dependent on your ranking at all. It really just depends how optimized it is. And if you, you know, are targeting correctly and winning the bid. So that kind of goes in with two, it can be better than an organic listing because, you know, it's not dependent on those changes. So it can also help you compete with, you know, competitors, with large businesses, maybe you're a smaller business, you know, maybe the larger businesses, they're just getting lots of traffic and organically, but you need to compete with them and running a PPC ad can help you 
you know, shoot to the top of page one where you are going to be clicked on. So it can definitely help you break into new markets as well as you can be very specific in your um, geo-targeting um, for PBC. And you only pay per click. So on Facebook, you can do that, but it's not one of the best practices. Um, usually you just run an ad and, um, you know, you have a budget amount with it unless you're getting like super into Facebook ads and different things, which um, usually isn't, you know, like I said, a best practice. So, but on Google, you only pay per click. So you only pay, that's why it's called pay per click. You only pay when someone clicks on your ad. So that's lots of reasons that um, we run Google PPC ads and we have seen this be very effective for a lot of our clients um, when they are looking to get kind of leads and prospects back to their website. So did you guys have any more thoughts on PPC or Facebook ads? No, I think just the important thing to know is that distinction between the pay-per-click is people is what you want to use if you have a lot of people who you know or have a very specific search intent. Um, and then Facebook is more for helping you discover people who <clears throat> may not have known about your brand first. Um, and you're just more kind of, uh, blindly is not the right word, but you're putting your brand out there to be found versus um, versus somebody finding you because of a keyword that they searched in Google. Yes. I, I will say like kind of along that line, sometimes um, if you're thinking about Facebook ads versus like search ads, some people can be naturally skeptical of Facebook ads. I mean, just with all of the controversy that's gone on in the past couple of years, and I'm not saying they don't work because I do think they work. Um, but the act of going and actively searching for something and then seeing it as like a result. Um, and I know a lot of people skip the ads at the top, but, um, it does work. The Google pay per click, um, does bring, um, there's more like validity to it, right? Because they're actively searching for it. So sometimes those can be a little bit more qualified. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like I said, it comes down to your audience, your goal. And, you know, I think it even comes down to testing as well. I mean, we've worked with a client for a really long time in their HVAC space. And we used to run a higher um, social ad budget till, you know, we kind of noticed that those social ads weren't you know, converting as well. And so we switched most of the budget to a PPC budget with leaving some social still in there um, just to kind of still gain that awareness momentum. But the PPC ads go over so well because when you're in HVAC type business, you know, people are going into Google and they're intently searching my air conditioner broke, my heater broke, my furnace is on the fritz, how can I get it fixed? today. You're not really going into Facebook and asking Facebook to find you and, uh, you know, HVAC specialist. <laughs> <laughs> so it really depends on your goals and your target audience. So let's dive into next how ad trends um, are looking for 2020. So we kind of briefly mentioned this at the beginning. Seamless experience, especially on social, I think is more of a trend here that we're talking about. But Alex, what what are some key suggestions that researchers are saying? Yeah, so one of the most important things that I want to talk about quickly is 
is just high quality creative within ads. Um, in this world where ads have become so accessible to really anybody, as long as you have an internet connection and an account, a business account for a lot of these, um, for a lot of these ad platforms, you can use it or internet connection an ad platform account and a credit card, you can use these ads. Um, so the accessibility of it means that you have more people obviously coming into the marketplace. So how do you stand out? And, and the last really, the last frontier of in, in ways that people can really differentiate themselves, um, you know, other than having really good quality targeting and, and retargeting things like that is the creative and specifically dynamic creative. So things that are interactive or things that look really cool or things that are just beyond adding a picture, uh, for example, to your ad on Facebook. Um, there, this article um, from Marketing Land talks actually a lot about how some of the biggest um, marketing and consulting companies have sort of gone on a uh, creative company uh, buying spree, basically in an effort to make their ads stand out from the rest of the ads that, you know, the, the millions of ads that are out there in, in the world. Um, so, so creative is something to really think about in 2020. Um, really good creative. I don't think also it doesn't necessarily have to be very complex and expensive to put together. Um, and Adobe is making it easier with some of their, their creative cloud extensions that they're coming out with, um, some of like their spark, um, video editing app and some things like that. And, you know, you can use Canva as well. That's a phenomenal tool that a lot of marketers use. Um, but just really in short, just make sure that you're thinking about your, the creative of your ad and not just, not just the, the targeting of course is super important. The, the spend that you're putting behind that ad is super important. Um, but just don't forget about the creative. So true. Um, and you know, we're becoming more savvy as consumers and creative, I think is a huge part of that. And I think I, you know, I've mentioned this before, like sometimes the consumer they don't really know what they like about maybe an ad, but they can tell the difference between when it's a good one or a bad one. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, you know, don't, so, don't, don't go yeah. using stock pictures on ads, for example, you know, take a little bit of time, go and get a picture maybe yourself or hire a photographer to get something that's super relevant to what you're talking about. Um, you know, make it customized, make it personalized, make it dynamic if you can. Yeah, totally agree. That's definitely some a good mention here of how to kind of run your creative for your ads. So as you can tell, we're all a big fan of ads here. And, you know, I think people go into digital marketing, our businesses, and they're like, oh, well, because we can just build this presence online. And then we don't have to worry about all these ad stuff that we used to run, like TV ads or radio ads are, <gasps> but wait, you know, there are digital ads and, and it's a huge part of your digital marketing strategy. And like we said, there's just like billions of websites out there, billions of, you know, Facebook pages and, you know, maybe millions of Facebook pages, but you need something that's going to stand out in a crowd. And you know, people are searching online. People are on social media. Heck, I would say people aren't listening to the radio hardly. People aren't watching TV anymore. So digital ads 
are where you need to put your focus. Huge believers at 21 Handshake in that these work because we have seen it work for our clients. So there you have it. Take your presence from online or take your presence online from passive to proactive. So we've, again, run thousands of campaigns online for clients and we've witnessed the results. And whether someone has a goal of a conversion or an awareness, it works. We've seen it firsthand. So we want to know, do you do digital ads for your business, whether it's social or PPC? If yes, have you seen your business be directly impacted by running a social ad? And if not, maybe you need some help in getting started or optimizing those ads. That is why we created the nine-step process. We love to help businesses gain more traction online, whether it be through ads, through their content, through research, through SEO. We also have a free webinar that goes over all nine steps of this digital marketing program. And it includes bonus content for each step that you can put into action right away. So these little action items are stuff that you don't even have to do with our help. You can go and immediately do them today and see an impact. So to get this free webinar, just visit bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 21 handshake nine step. That's all lowercase for the text there, 21 handshake nine step. And we will link this in our show notes. So if you haven't visited our website, and checked out the show notes and you're wanting more information on either the webinar or just anything we talked about in today's podcast episode, go visit the show notes. It's all listed out there for you. So did you like this episode? Yes, of course you did. Then please like, subscribe, leave a review and share it with a friend. It really does help get the word out about our show. Until next time.